Welcome to episode 64 of Pop Cannon. We are your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Sarah. And I'm Joe. Today's episode is a fan's choice episode, sort of. We ran a poll in our Facebook group, the Pop Cannon Collective, which you can join. Just search facebook.com slash groups slash Pop Cannon Collective. We gave four movies... All of which were streaming at the time. <laughs> and Important then to note. the winning movie disappeared from streaming services. So therefore, we decided to run a secondary poll with the remaining three options. And the winner, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. 1982. And Joe, I know you mentioned this earlier. You constantly think Steven Spielberg. Because it's lauded as a Steven Spielberg film. But he did not direct it. Right. He produced and wrote it. He didn't yeah. and he can he didn't direct it like in name only of not directing it. Like he was very present for the film. Oh yeah. And you can he, feel his hand in the production. But because yeah. wasn't this yeah. like it was the same around the same time as E. T. and yep. when he was doing E. T. he wasn't allowed to direct technically direct another thing yeah that contractually so, he wasn't allowed to technically direct something else so because like what i what i read was kind of like some people were like yeah he was like actually directing it and other people were like no he wasn't he was just you know but right <laughs> if steven spielberg's involved you probably just want to do what he says anyway <laughs> yeah even then you know you just kind of go like okay yeah we'll just listen to him <laughs> <laughs> but the actual director Toby Hooper did direct the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2. And that's so, why Spielberg handpicked him to cover this. Because he liked what he did with that. So I have not ever actually sat down and watched this movie from start to finish. This was the first time for me. Nice. And I enjoyed it. I like horror movies. And this inspired so much uh which we'll get into throughout the episode but yeah uh it was a lot of fun revisiting this i've seen it in clips growing up uh i've seen it in other materials growing up and overall i think this movie holds up in 2021 as a horror film it's light horror and that's okay but overall big fan of poltergeist joe what did you think? It was a really good time. Uh, I think it's not so shocking like modern horror is. It's very much like what I would imagine a Spielberg horror movie to be, where it's like it's kind of like a family movie until like there are times when it like goes there. <laughs> um, I actually heard today that this is apparently this movie was the reason for the PG thirteen rating, or at least the originator. You know, probably like the biggest reason for that was the scene with the face peeling. <laughs> Um, which looks terrible by today's standards, but I'm sure <laughs> in 1986, two, two, two. 1982, people probably shit their pants at that. And I don't think they show that scene on TV, or at least they didn't when I was a kid and I saw this. Uh, one of the other things that I really love about this is how fun the movie can be while like switching between the horror, because it really just makes you laugh at different times. Like Steve, Craig T. Nelson is like, so worried about his daughter but he's also going through this routine to keep his boss from seeing the piano crawling across um so yeah and even just like ending on a joke was a really fun 
thing after this whole like kind of exhausting event for this family. So yeah, I think it was a really fun horror movie and horror is not really a genre that I'm usually into. So that's kind of saying something. It's definitely a film of its time, not in that it's like problematic, but just that like, you know, the effects are very early. They were trying to do things that like would eventually lead to what we know today, but it just definitely is pretty jarring looking back. Yeah, that's a really long rambling thing. Uh, (laughs) Sarah, what did you think? Um, So I do like horror movies and I do watch them quite frequently, but I actually don't think I've ever seen this. Um, It's one of those things where I feel like it's so ingrained in pop culture that you kind of just assume that you've seen it Mm -hmm. Um, because that's happened to me before where it's like, you know, something's always on TV, so you pick it up. But like, I've never seen this before. I didn't really even know what it was about. I feel like I've heard more of the things that happened like on the set or after the movie, like Mm -hmm. the things like which I'm sure we'll talk about later, like the curse. Like, I've heard all that stuff before, so I felt like I've watched the movie, but in reality, this was my first time, and I really I really enjoyed it. It definitely felt like a Spielberg film. Um, like, the opening scene, I was like, I kind of feel like I'm watching E.T. or something right now, mm-hmm. just that kind of suburban, you know, idyllic subdivision. But no, it was it was really good. It didn't feel that aged, even though the movie's technically ten years older than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, um, I'm a little disappointed that we couldn't do the first poll. But I'm glad that this was the runner up. <laughs> yeah, Robert, what do you have to say? Um, We're done so here. I've seen uh, so unlike you guys, I've seen this movie several times in the past and it wasn't until probably a few years ago that i watched it the first time but it's been basically yearly since then i think it's such an effective movie and i think so many of the things that happen are like like joe was saying uh kind of like laying the groundwork for where we get to now and we don't get some of the stuff that we have without it just the way that they ease you into like the comfort and then they slowly pull that back from you and they do things that are jarring. There's jump scares. Like there's all, all everything is in this without it being so over the top that you don't feel comfortable ever watching it again. Like that's why I think I enjoy this. And Joe mentioned the, the face ripping scene as well. And that those are Steven Spielberg's hands pulling <laughs> the, the face apart. Um, but yeah, it's really funny to like, that hard cut from the sink back up into the mirror and it's obviously <laughs> a dummy. Uh, <laughs> but that that's where I think the bad effects kind of end in this because everything else is like kind of checks out and is creepy enough to seem like it could be another dimension or some shit like that. Like I don't hate any of the other effect work in this at all. Um, and the performances aren't bad. Like I, Craig T. Nelson is like... Like, yeah, I laugh, but it's because I know, like, in the future he does all of this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I I really enjoy Poltergeist. And I'm also very glad that it won our secondary track tournament. <laughs> because I, I do like this movie. So getting it in on my yearly watch while also getting to talk about it is fun. 
So going off of the effects you mentioned, I don't think they're bad necessarily. I think it's a product of the time. In the 80s, I'm sure when that face was peeling, people were losing their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even see just like looking at it from like a eeriness Mm -hmm. or creepy vibe. Because the movie itself isn't necessarily scary. No. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely unsettling. And I think it does a really good job of that. And that's because of they leaned into the comfort in the beginning. They leaned into that family aspect, which really worked. And the family felt like an actual unit. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was believable in their roles. Uh, Craig T. Nelson as the dad, like, fantastic. You know, Joe Beth Williams as Diane, like, she was great as well, like, carrying her performance where she has to scream into nothingness. Like, she doesn't (laughs) have a tennis ball to look at and react to. So, overall, I thought the performances were really good and the effects don't bother me in any way. Yeah, the performances were all great. And um, even the kid that played Robbie, like that moment when they first hear Carol Ann in the TV, that like little stutter, that like brought me back to being a kid. And when you're just like frozen, scared, and you can't get words out, like the fact that that kid was able to like bring that performance at that young age when like otherwise he was just a scared little kid. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. this kid's like, He's going to get eaten by a tree. <laughs> My favorite thing that Robbie does is get into the taxi cab. <laughs> <laughs> he looks back Grandma's. like he's like leaving on his own volition. <laughs> yeah. And just like just the way that like I want it in a gift to use it as a reaction to everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he just like swings open the door and throws his fucking bag in there and looks back at the house. Like it's just so funny. Uh, every time I watch it, I laugh so hard at just that moment because yeah. it's it's perfect. one like just kind of going back off of like what we already touched on about like the family dynamic and just how like the cast just like worked so well together i think that's kind of another example of how this film has kind of been monumental in subsequent horror (laughs) genres because um like if you think about like the conjuring um like amityville like those types of things so many of like our favorite horror films center in like a household even Mm -hmm. like my favorite season of american horror story it's always going to be murder house because i think when you have a group of actors and actresses who operate so well as a family unit and who are portraying these like kind of horrors it makes you feel for it more because again it's like you can relate to the characters and even um like the sister the older sister dana She's Mm -hmm. not really in it. Like, she's really not that big of, like, a part of this, except for a couple little, um, I guess, more so funny parts, like when the construction workers are, like, catcalling Mm. her, which was really creepy and unsettling for me. Um, But it's fine, because they could just lean in through the window and take coffee. (laughs) Her mom thought it was funny. Yeah, and I'm like, what? (laughs) It was like, my mom would not think that's funny. I don't think that's funny. And that's how you know when you're old. Um, (laughs) everything just worked well yeah just like one more thing about like the effects um i do love all the practical effects in this like i think if they had edited the face thing a little better or even added like a part with 
still just like a prosthetic and before yeah. cutting to the dummy that mm-hmm. would have played better but like all the like the stuff on the door and like the like jello shit that's all over them when they come out <laughs> that all really worked for me um i think like what was most jarring was like the 3d which like to be fair didn't really start to look good until like jurassic park which was like 10 years after this but that <laughs> i mean that shows that like spielberg was like thinking about this sorry toby hooper but we're gonna talk about spielberg yeah um he's dead anyway um <laughs> r.i.p <laughs> but Spielberg was like thinking about this stuff that early on. He was like, this is going to be really good, even if it doesn't look great now. Like, and I'm sure it still looked good to people then, but like, it's just yeah. very cheesy to see like, you know, the record spin in front of the screen and the compass starts playing it. Um, <laughs> instead of the animated stuff, the more like blended stuff, like that creepy, that monster in front of the door. Yeah. yeah when it comes I down the stairs. Oh, that, yeah. The monster in front of the door is wild. And actually, like a scary moment in the scene, even though it's like, like I'm not eth- gonna like worry ethereal about that and weird and yeah. scary and just but like, like those like kind of like wispy tentacle things coming down the stairs, and then even like the orbs with like the people behind them. Yep. I thought that that worked really well. I thought that was a really good mix of practical and digital for like an early kind of special effects of that. In yeah. in the kitchen with the chairs. Um, oh yeah the the chair pyramid was practical mm-hmm. yeah and they did that in one take where they pull the camera away and like people come in and stack them up real quick and then run away <laughs> and then they cut the camera back and it was like a total of seven seconds i think that yeah. clip. but so it was like really get in there get out and and it looks like what the fuck because it's so yeah. jarring when the fucking chairs are up on the table mm-hmm. yeah yeah and there's no cuts and it's perfect speaking of that scene when i was watching it like, I immediately recognized seeing that scene as a kid. And, like, it yeah. immediately brings me back. And I'm like, oh, I've seen this on TV. I remember being, like, nervous watching that. Yeah. And I felt like Diane played that scene off really well because it was just this nervous energy that yeah. she had throughout that entire section. Yeah, because when the chairs are pulled away from the table, she's like, all right, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> stop fucking with me yeah. and she turns around and is like <laughs> <laughs> well and then like the energy has like a total shift then when like the chairs are moving then she's like let's send the kid yeah like, yeah yeah she's is... like swinging back and forth between like nervous and excited and she's not sure which one to settle in until <laughs> her daughter's gone and but... then home <laughs> bad stuff that's such a fucking wild <laughs> like what happens to them leading like the fucking tree eats their son essentially mm-hmm. uh, and then gets terrifying. sucked away <laughs> and then meanwhile they're outside fucking dealing with the son bullshit and then the daughter just disappears they had no idea <laughs> i don't know this for a fact but it seems like they built sets that spun like yes uh, yeah. This, yeah the scene the scene where she where where diane is i don't know getting going sexually up the assaulted by the ghost the ceiling that is a spinning set and they just have the camera fixed. But even when the daughter gets sucked into the closet, I think that's how they did that too. They just yeah. let the toys tumble down the room and just yeah. had like a fake girl hanging on the bed. Yeah. Cause she, I know I read that, um, the actress, they only did one take of her like holding onto the, the, the headboard because she, and she was like terrified of it. Yeah. So when later on, when it comes back, and the Robbie and and Carol Ann are both being like pulled into the closet again. And when Mom comes in afterward, uh, it's obviously just a dummy because she doesn't move, and it's just like 
<laughs> I did notice that after I read the thing, I like watched that that scene had like come up, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, she's definitely not there." <laughs> but then it cuts to them like running into the hallway after the fact, so like it, it they definitely used a dummy for her and some of that. But it looked, I think it looked awesome. It was so fucking yeah. like unsettling and weird and like when you're a kid your closet your closet is like the scariest fucking place (laughs) and to go off that the way that they utilized the lights was so cool and it was really jarring and unsettling and made you feel like there's something otherworldly in this room yeah Mm mm-hmm I agree with everything except for when they use the strobe light when the static is on the TV one, it's like awful to look at, and two, it's it like is. obviously not coming from the TV. It's all <laughs> above them, like directly yeah. over their head. And it, uh, I hated the strobe light so much, and I'm sure it gave like so many people seizures. I, that was my first thought when I was watching it. <laughs> like you need, Although like, a I will say, warning. when it cut to uh, Carol Ann watching the TV. Mm-hmm. And then it just, she slowly smiled. I was like, that's the scariest thing in this movie. <laughs> Why do you think so many horror movies have kids in them? What's yeah. more terrifying than children? We talked about this. Trees and clowns, clowns that are possessed. Oh. On well, your can chair. we please talk about why does every single like horror film with kids need to have a fucking creepy clown doll? Because as soon as you see it, you know it's going to come to life. Don't all kids love clowns? No! Every child loves clowns. I think, no. I think, I think the horror <laughs> movies manufactured the fear of clowns in yes. kids, though. I think kids used to like clowns, and then Hollywood used them against kids, and now kids don't like clowns anymore. But I don't think, I don't think like any kids have liked clowns since like the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think yeah. that, that was like... <laughs> it's interesting that... The clown was so heavily featured in this film, and like Robbie was scared of it just sitting there in general. So, like, why did he have it to begin with? Well, but like, exactly. Like, that was my thought. It's like, I think it was Carolyn's. Like, staring at him in bed, though. Like,. It wasn't a very big room. I mean, no, like put... <laughs> also they're so, they're in such a nice development, and the boy and the girl have to share a bedroom. Like, what is this? The house yeah. was set up very strangely. <laughs> is that like eighties architecture? <laughs> Probably. Well, th- so that's, that's they were one very of my... liberal with their construction. That's one of my like favorite things about it is how like the the subtext of this movie. Oh yeah, is so like anti corporate greed and anti-materialism and like there's so much of that baked into this where you don't if you don't look for subtext you're just watching a horror movie Mm -hmm. but like all of the stuff with him and his boss and the fact that the family itself is so progressive as well yes well yeah i mean i don't know too many parents of the 80s are just going to be sitting in bed smoking weed the parents keep their weed in a cigar box. Right. Yeah. And then she gives her daughter a cigar box to, to bury the bur- bird. And she says the bird doesn't like the smell. Yeah. <laughs> and like also, don't flush a bird down a toilet. That's yeah. like one way to get <laughs> right? pipes. Ruin your plumbing. That's how you get a poltergeist, you guys. <laughs> if there's one thing you can take away from this movie, it's that you don't flush a bird down the toilet. <laughs> kind of was just waiting for the bird to come back to life. Not going to lie. 
the architecture of the house was so strange. Yeah. And like having that open staircase in the middle of the floor was weird. Because, well, like, I think that was young kids. a thing. Like, it was the same thing, like, when spiral staircases became, like, really big. Like, not practical for families and children at all. But it was, right. like, a They're thing, so cool. A and we could have so many of them. <laughs> yeah. And then they have um every, like, most of the rooms are, like, sunken. You have to go down, like, two steps to get yeah. to everything. Conversation pits yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a and I'm thing. And I'm it's sitting here weird. like, man, I love the design of that house. <laughs> It almost makes me wonder if they built the house strictly for the purposes of like, okay, we need a camera to fit down this hallway. Yeah. I know that uh, the house that they filmed it in is an actual structure. It's like Mm -hmm. a real house. Um, But I don't know that they filmed it inside the exterior that they used. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But the exterior house is a real place that you can go to in California somewhere. But even like plot lines like with the structure i mean like the cemetery up on the hill like mm-hmm. where he wants to continue the new building development. it's like yeah. that's phase five mm-hmm. and you could have phase five which is like <laughs> your master bedroom can look at all these other houses yeah, um, and he goes like well, what about the people in the valley and he's like but you're not a valley person anymore <laughs> you're, gonna you're look a hill man down <laughs> upon the peasants but you're a peasant right now because he was showing phase four and it was the exact layout of his house Mm-hmm. But I think it was like that was the scheme, like fill the valley with like chumps and yeah. then start selling to like richer people up on the hill. Yeah. So, yeah, like phase five, I think, was going to be different. Like, as he said, I love that subtext, too. And I think that that was all intentional for Steve's storyline because he's kind of offered that choice when he's like already like on the brink of like losing his daughter and losing everything. He's just like, but you could have more money and you can have a better house up here. And mm-hmm. he has to then make the decision, like, am I going to, you know, be fully corrupted or am I going to go this other way? It's that contradiction of him, like, laying in bed, smoking weed <laughs> while reading a Reagan book. And it's like, that's yeah. not a very Reagan thing to do. And then no. the line when his wife is trying to, con- like, show him what's going on. And she says, try to be a little more open minded like you used to be. So, like, he's uh-huh. he's changing as a person. He's on a path to, like, this corrupted capitalist pig he's, or whatever the hell. He's 40. He's the reason for 42% of all the sales of those houses. <laughs> exactly. Like, he like he's going to be a shitty realtor guy. And then, yeah, yeah. He, and he you know, he makes his choice for good. And, like, it probably saves his life. But he's he ends up with yeah. nothing. And Besides his family. His, his kids, for the most part, you know? Right. He literally ends up with nothing. The house goes away. Like, all <laughs> yeah. of their possessions are gone. That's like yeah. when Robert said that you could go visit the house. I was like, you can? It uh, didn't it just, like, disappear it came, into it a came portal? Back. The they, like, sectioned that block, that part of the block off, and you could just go look at the hole that the house was in. <laughs> no, that was done with a miniature. That was done it's with a, a four-foot miniature that they folded in on itself. Oh, that's, oh cool. They, that's cool. That was like a practical yeah, shot. That was a, yeah, it was Damn. a it was a miniature. Wow, that's cool. Which, and Spielberg was working on this in post and ET at the same time at ILM. Uh, <laughs> so like he had the best people that could possibly do shit. And I mean ILM is notorious for their miniature shit, so because of Star Wars and all that. But and yeah. that was like right in the thick of all of that happening as well. So. 
and that's why all that Star Wars merch in uh, in Robbie's room is just like <laughs> the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah, but I think that like feeds into the like that subtext though of like consumerism yep. and like you know all we ever see them eat is like Eggo waffles and like what about dinner, mom? Oh, we'll go to Pizza Hut. Like yeah. all that stuff is there, and it's just like this is America in the eighties, and that's real. But, like yeah. And also, like, you know, all the Star Wars shit, that's what a kid's bedroom would look like in the mm-hmm. 80s. So. Yeah. And I was going to make it, um, the the parents in the early 80s, when this is supposed to, I guess, this is when it was filmed and supposedly taking place, I would assume, um, they have their own TV in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that was not <laughs> very heard of for your parents to have their own TV that they hang out and watch. It was like the living room was the place that you did that Mm -hmm. and the bedroom was where you slept. There was none of that kind of crossover shit. So the fact that they even had that in their bedroom just goes to show like the the level of class that they were attaining because of his sales and shit. And they had one in the kitchen. Yes, a little TV in the kitchen, which is just another step in the like, these people were super affluent because Mm -hmm. of his sales, which created part of the conscious crisis that he has on top of his daughter disappearing which is why he looks like shit halfway through this <laughs> I think part of it was like supposed to seem as though it was like killing his soul to have to know some of this information you know what I yeah. mean it was really fucking like weighing on him but it's also telling that like right after that scene when he finds out that they moved the cemetery is when they first bring in Tangina, the short, scary lady. Um, <laughs> and he's very skeptical of her despite everything he's already seen. Yes. So he's like thinking, like, well, maybe I can go back. Maybe I can just like make everything mm-hmm. normal again and just keep going on my life and like get that new house and everything will be fine because I won't be in this house anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but then she like proves herself and he's immediately like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when he when he's holding on to the rope in the portal oh. <laughs> she says okay now run to the light he's like wait a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah they go back and forth about the light so much <laughs> but it's just so funny it's just so funny to me because he's like not in any position to argue about anything you know what I mean <laughs> but he, he still has to like try to mansplain what he knows about <laughs> the light <laughs> and then yeah. he drops the rope anyway <laughs> yeah well in her defense she wasn't talking to him. Right. She wasn't yeah. talking to not his Not even to Carol Ann. She was talking to all the spirits. Yeah. But, exactly. Yeah. She was telling them to go towards the light. Right. And, and he was like, wait he a subsequently <laughs> star-lorded it. Yeah. So. Um, yes. Well, he didn't. I mean, everything worked out. <laughs> Can we talk about what the rules are of the poltergeist, though? Because first, like, we get... Uh, Dr. Lesh telling Robbie like the story about like that ends up Mm -hmm. being like more or less true about like oh there's a light and if you go into the light then you're one with everything and you get to know everything and you're at peace but like some people just aren't ready to do that and Tangina more or less gives us the same kind of thing but if these people were like buried and happily dead for a while wouldn't they already be on the other side and at peace like what about like disturbing their grave would rip them away from that and like i'm nitpicking on a movie from 30 years ago we're gonna have to like cross over with some sort of podcast that covers those things and (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to talk to our supernatural uh podcast friends 
Do we have and that? see what see what they think about that? <laughs> that's like a really deep fucking question, Joe. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that's the shit that I think about, though. I'm like, okay, but like, why aren't these people at peace then? Right. Yeah. I don't know that anybody that was buried underneath the house was the reason for it happening, but I think it was just like more of a vengeful spirit situation, like saying this is not okay. Mm-hmm in a way to like get them out of there i don't know that it was like one of the people that was dead in the bottom of the pool yeah. <laughs> like I don't and was think she it was just saying spirit. the beast or was it supposed to be satan or just like some demon i think it's just some demon and in my in my opinion i think maybe the poltergeist was one of those and okay. because i mean being buried under there and getting your grave desecrated like it just grew that anger more and more and became more dangerous and vengeful until she was able to fully open that portal and it came through. And that's when it became like most powerful and started like pulling those bodies up. Yeah. Okay. I do also think it's weird that like, I don't know the guy that dug that pool, man, how, how did he miss like eight, skeletons lots of alcohol i don't know maybe lots of alcohol i think maybe those guys like always worked with that developer so they knew like the status quo they're like you're gonna find some stuff just like be quiet about it you know what guys it's organic fertilizer it's fine true your garden is gonna be well i mean it, it depends when they were buried if they were embalmed they're not gonna break down well, like yeah that. it would depend on how i mean it would depend on how old the mm-hmm. cemetery was i would assume pre-embalming yeah now but are the people that are buried underneath the tree uh oh. the reason that the tree was possessed and tried to kill the kid maybe <laughs> are they part of the roots of the tree maybe it was a whomping willow i think so because they try to show you that there's like a like a human face kind of not in the in the beginning when he's looking out the mm-hmm. window at it yeah what's scarier trees or clowns <laughs> fucking clowns man <laughs> Dude, if you had a fear of trees, you'd be fucking screwed. <laughs> well, no, Steven Spielberg was inspired by uh, his fear of clowns and trees, apparently. Well, huh. when he was a kid, he had a tree like that outside of his window, and he was always scared that that Creepy. could yeah. happen to him. Yeah, it's one of those things that I always did when I was a kid, was like when you'd see a pile of things on a chair in your room or something. Dude, I still mm-hmm. do that. You make out a face on it, and then you just stare at it for fucking ever, <laughs> well, waiting for it to move. Well, I was just going to say that it's really fucking fitting then, because Steven Spielberg ruined my childhood with my fear of E.T., <laughs> so I would <laughs> E.T. lived in the basement of my parents' old house and I wouldn't go down there at night <laughs> oh my god scariest movie uh, <laughs> she's like more scared of E.T. than the fucking poltergeist <laughs> dude legit I won't watch E.T. my dad made me watch it once cause he knew I was afraid of it <laughs> she, she spills her Reese's pieces <laughs> <laughs> I can't look at Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, Tangina was really good in this mm-hmm. movie. And I, I love her in Scariest Places on Earth. She's got <laughs> like Ruben the scene. scariest voice. Scariest yeah. voices on Earth. It'll like 
haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, so seeing her in a live action thing mm-hmm. that I do remember seeing her in as a kid because she was another thing that stuck oh, out yeah. to me. You can't forget her face no. once you've seen her in this. Or yeah. her voice. Like, because I brought this up earlier, like I hadn't seen her in this, but as soon as she came on the screen, I was like, what do I know her from? It was like an immediate thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, just because she's so distinct. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she could play anything other than like a witchy woman. My favorite is when she stands at the top of the steps and pretends to not hear him and then cuts him off when he <laughs> thinks he's whispering. Because <laughs> he wants to prove her wrong with she could read my mind. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Because as soon as he goes, as soon as she says, well, talk to her and he's just going like, I'm like, oh my God, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Because I'm immediately like, dude, that's exactly what the fuck I would do. So So we talked earlier about how this movie inspired a lot of things, including being parodied. And we've all said we've seen this movie in Family Guy. Yeah. I haven't, but that's fine. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I don't watch Family Guy. I don't anymore, but... Yeah. I don't know that I've seen the episode you're talking about. No, I, really? I didn't actually even know that there was, like... I Well, I looked it up earlier, but, like, Peter Peter Geist or something? Yeah. I, I didn't even know that they was a thing. They spoofed the whole thing. Okay, first, yeah. all right. I'll go through my whole spiel. I, <laughs> Family Guy, because I've seen that episode so many times, I don't watch Family Guy anymore, but I'm a white guy in my 30s, so, like, that's all I did for four years of high school. Um... <laughs> The plot point of that is that Peter's house was built on an Indian burial ground. And I've seen that so many times that that replaced the actual plot of this movie in my head that I thought this was this movie had that racist plot point in it. And they do like sideways mention it when they're at the cemetery. But they're like, no, we're not doing that. I was like, oh, fuck. Like all my assumptions about this movie are gone because of that. But it does have some very funny moments like Peter looking in the mirror and peeling his face away to reveal Hank Hill underneath. And he says propane in the mirror, and that's the joke. (laughs) Like Joe, I've seen a bunch, so seeing the parallels there is fun. But then also Scary Movie 2 Mm -hmm. had Mm -hmm. uh, the part where Wendy went up on the wall and stuff, and they shot (laughs) it. To say the least. (laughs) And my my favorite thing that they did... From this to Scary Movie 2 was in this, uh, Mom is wearing a football jersey that is 65. (laughs) And in Scary Movie 2, Tori Spelling is wearing a 69 jersey. Which just is like... Like, it's almost as if Steven Spielberg just set that one up to get knocked down in the future. You know what I mean? He was like, I'm going to give you a breadcrumb for later. (laughs) Could have been any number. Because if she's wearing number 14 in this film... In Scary Movie 2, putting 69 on the jersey. Not as funny. Yeah. Uh, but there's a moment in Scary Movie 2 where you go like, was she wearing 69 in Poltergeist? That would be so weird. Uh, uh. <laughs> I know South Park did a an episode where they use... Uh, they don't use Zelda Rubenstein as a person. They use her character from this like she comes in as this character into an episode of South Park to talk to celebrity ghosts who won't go away. It's the whole thing. Oh my um, God. 
Billy Billy Mays, Farrah Fawcett, and Michael Jackson had all died around the same time, and South Park used that as the genesis for an episode where they used her likeness and somebody doing a, a voice that sounds really good. <laughs> um, I mean, they did remake this in 2015. Which was going to be another question that I had, too, which was like, I've never seen the 2015 one, obviously, but I'm kind of interested to see it now to see how it would look how different it would be i've seen it and i don't remember it very well but i don't remember liking it i don't think it was very good and they also i know they marketed it with the clown like if you look it up a lot of the clown the clown the clown is the poster and i think the clown comes up a lot more than it did in this um (laughs) i i know that i've seen it but i i straight up don't remember it yeah um i do think that a lot of stuff does work in this. I feel like the editing could have been better at parts. The biggest thing to me, I don't know if they like lost footage or something, but when they first show the chair sliding across the kitchen and he's like slumped against the wall, like taking it all in, that really hard cut to them outside the neighbor's house. Just like I noticed that. Yes. It was yes, so okay. weird and jarring. The one where they knock on the neighbor's door and they can't really explain themselves. Yeah. So there was apparently, I, re- I literally read this before we started recording, There, the scene continues and uh, Craig T. Nelson makes a lot of, I guess, disparaging comments about Pizza Hut. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I don't know if Pizza Hut was like a sponsor for the movie or something like that, but they had like a very negative reaction to it and they fucking just chopped it out of the film. That's so funny. Oh, my God. The power of sponsors. Yeah, that's why it's such a hard... Because you mentioned that they said Pizza Hut earlier. Yeah, Yeah, they did. And that, to me, means that they were trying to bring it up again to kind of hit home. Like, oh, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, remember? And he says something like, I hate Pizza Hut. Like, I think it was part of him, like, Uh... losing his shit about where he was at that point. Yeah. Um, so he probably was like, I can't stand having Pizza Hut again or some fucking shit like that. And they were like, oh, well, we don't like that. Actually. <laughs> Everybody that likes out of the Pizza movie. Hut. <laughs> we have stuffed crust. What does he not understand? Um, book it. You know what I mean? Uh, no. But yeah, there were other parts where like the editing just seemed like a little uneven to me. Uh, like it's such a product of the 80s, like that the dads want to have the their neighbors move their TVs from the spots in their houses because the remotes counteract one another. Because, like, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, but I was also like, or just was. fucking change the channel on the set. Like, you're standing in front of it. Yeah. Like, why do you have to have this remote for, Joe? Why do you have to have this dick measuring contest with your clicker? <laughs> They're fucking changing each other's channels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the movie is way funnier than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like... Fucking Spielberg. Yeah. When you think of the movie Poltergeist, immediately you think, okay, ghosts. Like, Mm -hmm. the name elicits a horror response, right? But then the last shot of the movie is him pushing the TV out. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's this long crane shot away into the end credits every single time i watch this movie i always make the same comment because i don't remember that i said it the last time but i always think it'd be funny if we got a cut into the hotel and the tv was in the same place like fred flintstone putting the saber-toothed tiger out with the milk and then he turns around and the fucking tv's back in the apartment (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I just think that'd be funny as shit. But every single time I see it, I'm like, that's like hilarious that he does that. And it's like his the look on his face. He's like, nope, not yep. even gonna fucking risk it. <laughs> yep. TV's out. <laughs> Which is part of more of the subtext where he completely rejects that lifestyle to the point that he doesn't even want a TV in the room. Right. Like anymore. he's fucking moving to the woods. Yeah. 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 Survivalist. <laughs> They're gonna be like uh, young Earth Christians and shit in like a week. So, <laughs> I loved all the like unspoken comedic moments too. Like even like the very beginning when the mom's about to drop the bird in the toilet and the kid just walks in. Like it's just perfect. And like that's like a point where like the editing was good because they just cut away. Like there's nothing more to there. Right. <laughs> The joke is, you saw it. We're good. Yeah. Well, because even she makes that comment about, like, why couldn't it have happened? Like, why couldn't the bird have died on a school day? Because you know, mom's just going to probably go out to the store and buy another another bird. bird. Or say, oh, he ran away. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) He went to school. And a nice touch to immediately after they bury the bird, the pool guys dig it back up again. Dig it up. <laughs> yes, instantly. which is like you see it emblematic the- of the whole plot of the movie. It's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lo- little details like that that make this movie so incredibly cool because it's those mm-hmm. little details that matter, and you'll pick them up more and more on a second and third and fourth rewatch. What is what's a moment from this that like when you saw it in passing as a kid always like when you thought of this movie you thought of that thing that you saw there here was there like, was <laughs> that's the that? only po- well that's the only part I knew because I'd never okay. seen it before but like that's like one of the things where it's like even though I've never seen it it's like one of those things where it's like you always see that scene. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I felt like I already knew what that scene was about. And even, I mean, I've caught myself saying, like, they're here. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody comes, like, to the dogs. They're here. (laughs) (laughs) I think as a kid, it was probably the flashing lights. Like, I don't know. For some reason, that always, like, stuck with me. I think the number one thing I always remember is the last time you see the portal when it's that like fleshy tunnel instead of the closet Mm -hmm. and like before the door gets ripped in like that like creepy fleshy shit that's like coming out the cracks. It's physically disgusting and it's like a practical effect. Um, So yeah, that always like is like in my memory when I picture this movie. For me, it's them covered in, like, whatever gelatinous membrane in the bathtub. Yeah. Every time that I... Any time that I caught pieces of this when I was younger, it always wound up being then. <laughs> so I always remember that lady with her kid in the fucking bathtub <laughs> covered in pink goo. And I'm always... It always just, like, made me, like... But, but like, I know they came from, like, another dimension or whatever. But, like, where did they come from? <laughs> that they're covered in viscera okay (laughs) like there's no other word goo was in ghostbusters too you know so yeah i thought it was ectoplasm but Uh, you know that's what it's called i couldn't remember what it was called yeah ghost turns (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have a we're gonna have a glossary at the end that's just gonna scroll up the screen (laughs) that'd be fun but they never name it either it's pretty well do your vocab um pink goo pink Uh, goo but yeah, that was always that was always what stuck with me was the 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 ghost at the door, that spooky fucking 
googly looking puppet yeah. ghost that they did and then the 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 pink goo in the bathtub because it just always made me have more way more questions than answers because everyone's like they're back but i'm like but where were they exactly <laughs> to get covered in that because i never want to be there <laughs> i also get a kick out of the guy this isn't really well it is like a big moment because of like the maggots that come out of the meat and everything but oh. i i like the impetus that he's like i'm gonna fry somebody else's steak at three in the yeah. morning <laughs> but like when it starts crawling across the counter that's such a classic scene and then like <laughs> spitting out the chicken wing because it's got maggots on it dude yeah. <laughs> every time Every time. No, thank you. No, thank you. It's also such a Spielberg movie because, like, nobody actually dies besides right. the like, already dead. Yeah. Like, you would think that, like, any, like, other horror movie, they'd be, like, ticking people off as they went. Yeah. <laughs> no, but everybody survives, but it's just, like, so fucking traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not At about what dying. Cost? It's about the trauma. It's about living with that now. <laughs> yeah. Lots the of therapy, part. but they won't get it because it's the 80s. So. Yeah. It's the 80s. So dad's just going to drink a lot. Well, PTSD. That's the other thing. They say, wow, she doesn't even remember anything. I'm like, yeah, because it's trauma. <laughs> She'll remember it when she's 40. <laughs> she's going to go hang her daughter's dress in her closet. She's going to be I just had a dream that the closet was this fleshy tunnel. And her husband's like... <laughs> Robbie like doesn't even keep house plants in his house. He has like a really like brutalist concrete structure of a house. He's like nothing with stuffing, no trees, no plants. This is my life. Yeah. <laughs> There's no closets either. No closets. There's no closets. <laughs> and nothing's allowed to even remotely resemble a face in any light. <laughs> no TVs. But yeah, Poltergeist is good, man. Yeah. Yeah, I had a good time. I'll, I'll probably wind up adding this movie to my uh, my usual Halloween cool yeah spooky season rewatch. I'm glad. And I'm glad that this. you guys. I'm glad that you guys liked it, man. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, so if you guys have a movie that you would like us to see and review, possibly join our Facebook group because you'll have a chance to vote for things like that in the future. As long uh, as it's you know streaming. <laughs> As long as it's streaming and we could all freely access it. Yes. Which we do so that you can also freely access it. Right, right. The point isn't so much that we don't want to get the film. It's that you wouldn't be able to watch it if you wanted to, to listen to us before or after you watched it. I mean, I bought Um, this on Blu-ray because physical media. Nobody has AMC Plus. (laughs) No. Dude, that's twice AMC Plus has fucked us, man, and I'm really mad about it. Yeah. It's fine. We'll we'll get to scream. We'll get oh, to everything. I thought you were else. gonna say we'll get our revenge. I was like, yeah, we will. <laughs> AMC Plus. We'll have our revenge. You'll rue the day, AMC Plus. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, let us know what you guys thought about Poltergeist. Have you ever seen it? What did you think? As always, you could find us on social media and interact with us at. Pop Cannon. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you could subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we have a link tree in all of our bios on all of our social medias. Click that link and pick one. Uh. <laughs> and if you're not afraid of screens after this, you can also find us on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to catch all of our videos where, you know, seeing is believing. I love it. <laughs> 
That's a new I bet AMC phrase. is going to make us edit out that joke about them. <laughs> just like and then there's going to be a big chunk missing. <laughs> yeah, it's going to just hard cut to the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> make sure to join that Facebook group, like Jordan said. And if you are on Twitter, or Instagram inclined, I am Joe for Broke there. You can find me on Instagram <laughs> only at Sarah Andivity. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Yesball. And I am on Instagram and Twitter at JL24FPS. So thank you so much for watching and or listening. We'll see you on the very next episode. It's still spooky season. It's October. We have some more tricks up our sleeves. Unless they're a treat. Oh, But it might be a trick. He did the thing. thing. I don't know. Oh, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. For Pop Cannon, we're your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. Still Sarah. I'm Joe. And we'll see you on the next one.